0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome to The Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver And today on the show, we're going to talk about the properties of money, which I think is important uh, with all of the money printing that's being created. We're also going to talk about central banks driving gold. I'm joined with Darren Long. Darren, before we get started, um, I just also want to mention to our listeners that we have a great guest coming on next week. Next week's show is a must-listen. It's Steve St. Angelo of... Um, the roco report and he discusses energy markets the impact it has on metals and the economy and he also has a very keen eye on mining output so those have been listening lately they probably noticed we've been talking about the shortages in mine supply and that's coming straight from steve saint angelo so we're really looking forward to having him on the show next week and if you miss it by any chance go to our youtube channel Uh, we'll we'll put the interview up there Today, Darren, I thought we'd talk about the properties of money. It's something that I think is good to have a reminder of. Uh, Can you just share with the audience what Aristotle's properties of money was?
2: Well, it was a very simple concept, and it's important to remind ourselves of this, even though I'm sure, Jeremy, to a certain extent, the public at large don't do this ever. We do it all the time because we are getting further and further away from this with paper money. And basically what Aristotle said was that it had four main components. In order to be considered a currency, it must be durable, it must be portable, it must be divisible, and it must have an intrinsic value. It must stand behind the confidence of the people that are using it, and they must uh, be able to view it as something that is a piece of confidence and value, and it's worth something to them. And again, there have been times throughout history where we can argue that paper money has met these uh, four different uh, aspects with with great demand around the world, especially on the onset of the U.S. dollar being the reserve currency, um, if you look back historically. But more recently, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, We've gotten way away from that, and why do we bring this up? It's because of the simple fact that we no longer view paper money as these people did back then, historically. We now view gold as the best replacement for paper money. It is durable, it is portable, it is divisible, and it has an intrinsic value which has spanned well over the time that any currency has ever lasted. In the sense that it's been around since Roman times, since the beginning of man.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I would add to that the idea of a store of value. I know um, Aristotle in the fourth century. Okay, he's got four main properties, but over time, there's been a few added, and and I think store of value is definitely one of them. This idea that, you know, if you put ten thousand dollars in the bank, that in five, ten years, that ten thousand dollars should still buy you. The same amount of goods. And it's right. interesting because we'll talk about this a little later in the show that after 1971, C- the CPI went through the roof and you can't catch up with inflation. So this idea that if it's a store of value, then you can count on it years and years from now. And, and I think we've definitely lost that property of, of money. The other idea is the intrinsic value. You know, there's, there's no intrinsic value in a piece of paper and there's no intrinsic value on ones and zeros on a computer screen unless it's backed by something that actually has intrinsic value, which is a commodity like uh, like gold. I think even, you know, you could look at Bitcoin and, and I think that's where you lose it. It doesn't have an intrinsic value. You know, gold you could bury in the, in the ground a thousand years later, pull it out still beautiful you can still mold it into all sorts of different things it still has um, industrial usages artistic usages there is an intrinsic value there to that
2: well if you look at it from that perspective you can't help but get excited as to what the future holds for gold Jeremy and when I look at it from a practical standpoint it's definitely becoming far closer to meeting Aristotle's definition of what a currency should be than paper is at this point in time. Paper is being utilized around the world at such a pace that it's no longer considered to be a store of value. It's no longer considered to be something that holds its value. And the more of it that we have out there in the general public, the less power it has, the less purchasing power it yields. And unfortunately, at this point in time, Jeremy, I'm a huge fanatic of gold for that reason, and I think people should own it.
1: Yeah, I think the amount of money that's being just printed out of thin air or created out of thin air is scary. I think that's something that people should really, really be paying attention to right now and figuring out how am I going to shield myself against this eventual loss of purchasing power of the currency. And it's not just the Canadian currency, it's pretty much currencies All around the globe, they're all doing the same thing. So let's talk about that a little bit in the next segment. We'll get into central banks uh, that are driving the price of gold. We'll stick on this idea of value, and also talk about the supply in the market because that should also scare people into the market because there's such a lack of physical product out there. You're listening to the Real Money Show. The website Guildhallwealth.com. The phone number one eight seven seven eight silver. Contact us to learn more about acquiring physical precious metals for your portfolio, and. We're back with The Real Money Show, One eight seven seven eight. silver is the number and the website guildhallwealth.com. Darren, in the last segment, we were just talking about some of the properties of money. The idea that it should be durable. Obviously, gold, you know, we know can last thousands of years. It should be portable. We know that uh, it is concentrated wealth. I mean, I think that's where a diamond would be great too. Uh, divisible. Okay, you can't divide a diamond, but you can divide gold into the smallest of grams and of course intrinsically value valuable we discussed that as well let's get into why central banks hate gold so much and yet buy it what do you think about that right off the bat why do central banks buy gold if they hate it so much
2: well i think that the way we think about central banks may in fact be incorrect because they mislead us by telling us that gold is a relic or that gold doesn't pay dividends, or that they give any number of excuses as to why the average Joe shouldn't hold gold in their portfolio. They say it's cumbersome, or it's hard to move. Well, all of these things may be true if you're not prepared, or you're not an expert in the area of logistics like Guildhall, or you don't understand how to buy and sell gold and silver like Guildhall does. But those excuses are no longer, A, relevant, In this day and age when we've created a system to do that very easily by phone which we can do for any number of people and B when you see the performance of gold and that for me is the number one reason why central banks are holding because not only is it no longer cumbersome for them to do so there are lots of storage options around the world that are easily obtainable but it's also clearly a mechanism to protect the value of something a store of value and i think that's the number one reason why central banks get it because all things being equal if tomorrow their currency from their country failed their economy failed the one thing that they can be sure of is that they have an insurance policy in gold that they are holding that will protect them and not every g20 nation has it canada is the worst off when it comes to it But most of them do. If you look around the world, there's very few countries in the G20 that don't have a huge stockpile of gold. And it should worry somebody that a country like Canada isn't buying more gold and stockpiling more gold because this is truly a time and space where an insurance policy is necessary and a store of value to protect your currency is also something that you must have.
1: Yeah, you know, I just pulled out an article on this subject from Jim Rickards. And, uh, you know, he's a a great author on the subject of gold. And we've been following his work for quite a long time. And he's great at busting myths that are going on. And we've talked about on the show, ever since we've been on talking about the fact that central banks have been acquiring gold. Yet... I'll just uh mention a couple quotes here from from Jim Rickards. You know, he puts out these narratives that central banks are always saying. Stuff like, you know, if you're watching uh regular mainstream business networks, you'd hear something like there's not enough gold in the world to support trade and commerce or Gold supply can't expand fast enough to keep up with economic growth or things like gold causes financial panics and crashes or gold caused the prolonged Great and prolonged the Great Depression. And all of these things are false. There's plenty of gold in the world at the right price. And that's the issue we're having right now in the market, that silver is the spot price of silver is $18 an ounce, yet it's going to cost you $22 to buy it. If you can get your hands on the quantities that you're looking for, right? How is that going to be reconciled? Well, the price has to go up. There's plenty of silver available if the price was significantly higher. And same too with gold. So the price has to rise. It's as easy as that. And the price is rising basically in response to the amount of money being printed. So he goes through all of these things. We've put this article into the newsletter so you can take a look. But I think what he ends off with is a very interesting thing uh, talking about central banks, which is he says there's a, clear neg- there's a clear narrative about why gold is not money. But the narrative is false. It's simply the case of everyday citizens believe what the, e- what the economists say and don't know enough about economic history to refute the, e- the economists – The bottom line is that economists know that gold could be a perfectly usable form of money. The reason they don't want it is because it dilutes their monopoly power over printed money and therefore reduces their political power over people and nations. Wow. Think about that. Let that settle in, right? To finish, he says… To marginalize gold, they created a phony narrative about why gold doesn't work as money. Most people were too easily impressed by narratives and simply didn't know enough to challenge it. Therefore, the narrative wins, even if it's false. That's amazing. And I think that's why we want to talk about the principles of money and understand that it should be limited in supply. That's the whole point. It it has to have value, right? Right. Um, and, and and having an intrinsic value, having more than just, well, it's got a limited supply. That doesn't give it intrinsic value. Ju- that just gives it limited supply. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, central banks are buying gold. They understand that this monopoly is, is doomed for failure, and they want to make sure that they're protecting themselves. So that's definitely something to think about. What do you think, Darren?
2: I think it's right, and it is a profound thing to discuss because people that own gold certainly are part of that conversation now, and – have a realization that even after they've made their first purchase or they've added it to their registered accounts, put in their TFSAs, maybe taken some home or stored it, there is always more education that's coming their way. And they get excited because when you talk to somebody that owns gold and this kind of discussion starts to happen, What they start to do is really to educate themselves about wealth and about money and about understanding that there are are alternatives to fiat currencies that they had never thought were possible. And we're seeing that play out right in front of us, Jeremy, and I think we should stay on the topic. We should discuss those types of things. And speaking of which... Uh, I'd also love to take this conversation in the direction of summer doldrums if it's possible.
1: Yeah, for sure. And also, let's just uh, remember Jim Rickards. He's calling for $10,000 gold within 4 years. He's upped his timeline and he's always done the math and said it could easily go to 10,000 and now he's saying it could happen within 4 years. And he was he was ahead on calling uh for silver to get close to the $1800 level at this at this point in the year. The number 18778 silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. Learn about acquiring physical gold, physical silver in your portfolio today, including registered accounts. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number 18778 Silver. We are talking about money what money actually is, what are the properties of money, how gold is actually money, and going to protect against all of the central bank monopoly money that they are creating. Darren, we were just talking about what Jim Rickards was saying about the false narrative that central banks put out, and that people just sort of gobble up what economists say because they feel like they're wizards, they're the great wizards, and we're trying to pull back the curtain on that to understand that once you can see the simple properties of gold, you quickly understand that it's real money. And if that's real money, then that's your ticket out of this false created system that is basically robbing people. I mean, if you look at inflation every year, the government says, "Oh, it's 2%." And then you go buy your groceries, you used to go out to the movies, you used to go to restaurants, and you just keep seeing prices rising. And you think, "Well, is is inflation 2% or is it much much higher?" Well, if it's higher, then you're getting a negative loss. You're getting a negative real world return, which means every year you're losing money. And that means over a decade, let's say if you were making $100,000 a decade ago, you need to be making 150000 today just to be keeping up. And I, I think that that's irresponsible on the part of the economists and central bankers and those who are in control of the money. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And I think you can go back to 1971 and see that the corruption of the money system happened right then and there. And since then, everyone else has been paying more than their fair share as a result. So we think the best way out of that, the best way to protect yourself is physical gold and silver. I'm going to step down off my soapbox, Darren, and uh, let you talk about why we should not be in the summer doldrums and be ready and be paying attention to these markets.
2: Well, it definitely goes hand in hand with the time of year that we're in. Quite frankly, a lot of people now, because of the warmer weather, Jeremy, have let their guard down. They're heading out. They want to be free, given the last three, four months that we've all endured, And you're seeing, obviously, a lot of volumes decrease because people are not as excited at the moment about the stock market and things of that nature. But when we generally allow ourselves to be lulled to sleep, that's when our best opportunities come along. And for gold, what the charts tell us, because we have the advantage of being here historically over a very long period of time, that if we look back to 2001 and we track the price of gold, in fact, it's best, And generally speaking, lowest time of year, and what we would call the summer doldrum, has come and gone. That was June. And that month, from a chart perspective, has tended to carve out its summer seasonal low. And that has obviously left us with the follow-up, which is where are we in the cycle? Uh, We believe that once gold traverses above 1,800, 1,850, and stays in that range, it's going to all but... Uh, completely smash its all-time high of 19.20 and change. And when it does, a whole brand-new cycle will start. Remember, a lot of money will not come into the marketplace until gold actually touches its all-time high. And once that happens, uh, we will see a repetitive cycle in place similar to what I believe happened in 2011, where gold went from 600 and change all the way to 1900 and change, some almost 200-plus percent higher. That means it'll drag silver along for the ride. And silver investors, if you're looking at silver right now, there is an undervalued asset, completely mispriced. Even with gold at 1700 and change, as we tape this show on Friday, gold is doing very well, up 17% on the year. Silver is up, up 1.5% on the year, still to the positive side, at around $18 and change, but ultimately should be trading according to the average ratio between gold and silver, at around $25 an ounce or more right now, Jeremy. So ultimately, it's still being presented as a great opportunity. And I think that if people rest too much, they're going to miss a great opportunity to start an RSP or to put money into their TFSA or to get an RESP started for the kids. There's so much opportunity out there, and all it takes is, a lousy 20, 30 minutes of your time to sit down and speak with somebody at Giltall, yourself, myself included, or Paul, and uh, give us some feedback on where you stand and let us help you get gold and silver into your portfolio. Then the
1: phone number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. Yeah, and Darren, you know, I think ironically, uh, you know, you've been talking about gold in US dollars, silver in US dollars. Ironically, gold is trading at all time highs in Canadian dollars. You That's know, it. I I had someone the other day say, Well, you know, if I bought gold in two thousand eleven I wouldn't be doing so well right now, and which is unfair. It's saying, okay, you bought within a, a four-month period or a six-month period over the last twenty years, but okay, let's go with that. And at the end of the day, we were trading at almost par on the exchange. Gold was trading, you know, 1900 dollars an ounce. Well, guess what? Right now, gold is trading at twenty-four dollars, twenty-four hundred dollars an ounce, Canadian right? So you've done quite well, actually. Maybe not quite as well as if you've been in the stock market. But yes, if you bought at the absolute peak in 2011, you're still doing just fine on your gold. Of course, there's nothing better than cost averaging. But uh, look, I, I think at the end of the day, people should be very scared. I'm surprised that the panic is over, that they're not witnessing the amount of money that's being created. Everyone should go look at Bank of Canada's balance sheet, And if that doesn't scare you into into protecting yourself with physical metal, then I'm not sure what will. The phone number 18778Silver, the website Guildhallwealth.com, it's the Real Money Show. On Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: It's the Real Money Show, the phone number 18778Silver, the website Guildhallwealth.com, and my name is Jeremy, and I'm speaking with Darren. Darren, we've been talking about properties of money today. We've been talking about central banks printing an unbelievable. I mean, I thought 2008 was bad, but it makes it look like a little hill compared to the mountain of money that they've just created out of thin air that basically is is everyone's future. Um, yeah. Yet they're all buying gold. Most central banks are, are buying gold to protect against the fact that this monopoly on money, money is going to one day fail. And so that makes this type of summer very different than summers past where you know markets were just kind of humming along and you could go on your vacation and you know what do they say sell in may and go away that type of stuff but that's not what's happening in the physical market for precious metals right now uh, let everyone know what's really happening go ahead
2: well from mid march to early june the the federal reserve in the us their balance sheet picked up an additional 66.2% more fiat money in digital form, obviously not in physical paper form because that doesn't exist anymore. And that is like two-thirds more dollars just conjured out of thin air to bid up prevailing price levels on shrinking pools of goods and services. I mean, there's never been a more important time to own gold prudent investors are buying with that inflation tsunami hitting and there are central banks around the world that are doing it just because of that gold investment demand also surges when stock markets are weakening or expected to weaken and if we get so much as even a glimpse of a second phase of the coronavirus that could pick up and is seemingly doing so in the u.s this september could bode really well for gold in terms of pricing because we're at very critical points and I want to remind people that even though we're looking at prices in gold and silver that are slightly lower today as we take this show than they were at the very tail end of June just a few days ago, gold managed to close at its all-time high, averaged high this past week and it finished out the month at its all-time average high. And that's exciting news, but it's not one that's being shared with the mainstream, Jeremy. So the people who are astute enough to be here listening to our show, they're seeing this happen and unfold. And as you mentioned, gold has basically made all-time highs in all the major currencies, with the exception of the U.S. dollar. And silver's not far behind. In fact, silver just this past week got up to a high of 1864. And then the same old thing happens. We choose, uh, we go into a new month, and the paper market has its way for a few days before again we trickle higher in price and we're doing that here as the U.S. experiences holidays and their 4th of July weekend and I expect next week to be uh, a week in which we see gold and silver prices migrate yet higher again and gold is already up 17% on the year. Congratulations to those that bought it and I'm looking so forward to working with those who want to add this to their portfolio, are excited about what the prospects are. And like you said, Jeremy, this could be uh, the moment of a lifetime that uh, everybody looks for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I and, mean, you know, if you look at what happened at the end of March where, you know, gold dropped, came back up, people were very confused about the price action in the market. But in a wider scope, if you look at where we are today, gold is trading higher than it was back in back in March which is incredible and it's also in a very narrow trading range with which you know look we we don't love the charts we don't really you know pin our hopes and dreams on tea leaves But typically, when you see a very narrow trading range, something is about to happen. A breakout is about to happen. And then, when you look at the ratio between gold and silver, the fact that you can almost buy 100 ounces of gold for every ounce of, uh, sorry, 100 ounces of silver for every ounce of gold, think about the money going into the silver market. Think about how cheap silver is. And no wonder there's no no product available. We are still waiting on 100 ounce silver bars. This has been months. And it's surprising to me in some ways, on another note, as you were talking there, Darren, about the Fed's balance sheet. I mean, really, that should be causing riots, right? A 7000000000000 trillion-plus balance sheet. When Bernanke brought it up to $4 trillion and said, we'll get back to normal, we'll get back under a trillion, it's up at $7 plus trillion, and they're just getting started that should be causing riots in the street and if that isn't getting you to run to gold to protect yourself you know you should start to think about that because i think we always get lulled to sleep we're very quick to panic but we're very quick to say no more need to panic and i think when it comes to the currency we haven't seen that lack of faith in the currency really start to rumble through through society and through our economy but you can see the writing on the wall in fact and the writing was on the wall before coronavirus hit. We were seeing uh, lots of issues in the repo market and trying to keep rates low. I think that uh, this has just – the last few months has just caused – the the central banks to just go all in, throw the entire entire sink into it, and uh, we have to figure out a way to protect ourselves. The advantage, of course, is that gold is going to go through the roof, in our opinion, and it's not just our opinion. People like Jim Rickards and and those in in the industry are all looking at the market, saying, "Yeah, gold could easily go to ten thousand dollars an ounce in this environment." The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website Guildhallwealth.com. This is the Real Money Show. And we will be right back on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number 18778 Silver. Next week, a must-listen show. We've got Steve St. Angelo coming on, and he is from SRS Rocco Report. He's going to be discussing energy markets, its impact on the metals and the world economy, and he's kept a very keen eye on mining output and the fact that it has been going down. We've actually been uh, using a lot of his articles. Speaking of mine output going down, Paul, uh, throughout the show, we've been talking about the fact that prices – Um, are stagnant, seemingly moving up on on metals, definitely, but silver seems a bit stagnant, and yet there's no physical product out there. Uh, You're on the front line with wholesalers and in the markets. What can you tell us about the physical supply right now on metals, and, and should people really be preparing now?
3: You know, every time I speak to the wholesalers, I get the same story. It's coming in, the Canadian Mint's not producing any, um, you know, um, one other huge mint had a problem with a stamp, and the parts coming from Italy, or the following week, I'm told it's coming from Germany. I mean, I'm getting so many different stories. There is no 100 ounce bars, 10 ounce bars, Royal Canadian mint, we haven't seen since February of uh, this year, so it's almost five months. Um, but we were smart enough to figure out. It was, you know, coming into the summer, forget the virus thing, that we always run into the same problems. There's a shortage, there's summer holidays, there's always some excuse for something. And, you know, I felt that the market was getting very, very tight. So we put in some huge orders for product in February and early part of March. I've got orders in now that, you know, we're allocated product every month. We get product. We're probably one of the only companies that have 100-ounce silver bars, 10-ounce RCM silver bars, uh, Royal Canadian Mint maples, 1-ounce gold bars, whether they're PAMP, uh, Royal Canadian Mint. um, We also have... I can never remember the name, the one out of Switzerland, Argor, is it? Yeah, Argor, Argor. And we've even got Turkish one-ounce gold bars, which uh, all LBMA approved, wonderful, great bars. We have the product. This is what happens. Every time we get calls for people calling in, you know, do you have the silver? Yes, we do. And that's why we're extremely busy, because we have product. But there is a shortage, and I think this shortage is going to go right till September. And I think in September you're going to see the price uh, though we've been a little stagnant, I think you're going to see the price of silver go through the roof. The same thing with gold. We're very nearing breaking that $1,800 mark. Yeah. Once you get to $1,800, $1,900 is not far away. Because when I st- look at Tesla, you know, a, a car stock, uh, that yesterday was $1,200, went up over $100 in one day, and you know, how many cars can you sell? Right. And people say
1: gold's expensive.
3: Yeah. And gold and silver is, you know, it's a physical product. It's real money. I mean, this is why we call the real money show. It's real money, gold and silver. You should have some in your portfolio, whether you start off small, with you know hundred ounce bars, ten ounce bars, kilo bars of silver, we also have uh, one ounce bars of gold. Get into the market, get something in the porf- your portfolio to protect yourself against the stock market cannot keep going up. You know when you see Tesla going up a hundred dollars a day, you know it can come down the same way that quickly as it goes up. Last one in, first one to get hurt. And I think gold and silver has got such. You know, great momentum and upside. And I'm sorry I came in late. I was just closing a deal on a diamond, a point three five pair, orangey pair, Argyle. Oh, that was a nice one. And uh, congratulations to the buyer that just purchased that.
1: Yeah, you know, Darren, speaking of what Paul was talking about there, this idea that uh, talking about the stock market being super high, real estate still pretty high, this, this is all caused by low interest rates, right? The fact that, you know... Corporations don't have to actually do research and development. They can just borrow money at no cost, buy back their own stock, and uh, there there you keep going. So you've got all these zombie companies that aren't actually producing anything, but you've got high prices in the stock. I mean, when does that bubble burst?
2: Well, it bursts now this is this is the moment in time and the the fight the challenge that we face is one being fought around the world by every central bank, which is that the the spigot has been uh you know it's for lack of a better way of understanding it somebody's taken a sword and cut it off it's now the barrel's just spewing money out, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. Every major center in the world has publicly announced that they'll do whatever it takes to keep their stock market floating and it's no exception here in Canada or the US and when you look at the numbers what it tells us is that the party's over for the little guy because the little guy right now is 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 being inundated with pain from every angle whether it's losing a job or whether it's not having certainty in terms of what the future holds or whether its stock portfolio that's lost value all these things are coming into the perfect storm at once but the corporations and all those other uh, folks that are at those high level end of wealth, the expectations on them haven't changed. I mean, yes, they're seeing a, a dynamic change in the shift in the mentality of the public in terms of how they sell their products and how they conduct business. But, Jeremy, they're still getting all the tax breaks. They haven't been taken away. Nothing's been altered they're able to get away with highway robbery and they're able to take the money being given to them at next to nothing in terms of borrowing costs and drive it right back into their stocks to try and keep the illusion going that their value is still perceived as something uh, to be reckoned with when it's not it's not at all the case
1: the first principle and property of money as we talked about at the top of the show was durability and you've got to question how durable a money uh, money is if you can just print it to infinity and beyond. and uh, just sit with that for a minute while we go to break the number 18778 silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. this is the real money show and we will be right back on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight We've been talking about properties of money, the mass amount of money that's being printed. You have to wonder how much intrinsic value all of this uh, free money that's being spigoted out, or as you said, Darren, they've just taken a hatchet to that, and they're just letting it flood out at this point. Paul, how do you protect yourself? What are some of the best ways that people could do that right now?
3: Well, the best way for me is to buy gold and silver in a a tax-free savings account. If you don't own one, this is the time to get one. Uh, I'm not sure what the maximum is, is it 66 or 69.50? It's
1: up there, it's in the high 60s. Um, 69,500, yeah.
3: Okay, so if you've never owned one, this is a great time to put gold and silver into a tax-free savings account. Um, Again, you're gonna, the, the way countries are printing money, uh, the way the stock market is being propped up, the way even real estate at zero, uh, you know, interest rates almost everything is being propped up. Gold and silver is real money. It will take off. I mean I'm still visioning, you know, back in two thousand and eleven we saw silver go up to almost fifty dollars an ounce. Gold was trading at nineteen thirty. Right now we're almost I think we're at seventeen seventy for gold, and silver's trading just around eighteen dollars. Silver has got such an incredible move up to go. And again, If you're putting silver into a TFSA, we can't even get, through our partners in in this quest trade, we're not even able to locate LBMA, that's London Bullion Market Association, product, silver product to put in, because the product has to go into your account within 10 days. So there is no silver out there physical product. What you see day day traded or traded every day uh, in the options markets, the futures market, is vaporware. It doesn't exist. They couldn't fill those orders if everybody wanted to say in the contracts, I would like to take delivery. It's impossible. There's not that much gold and silver out there to fill those orders. And that's why you're going to see, and we're already seeing, you know, companies defaulting and, you know, paying premiums to their clients rather than take delivery or sending them across the water to London to take the contract over. Gold and silver to me right now is the best investment to put it into a TFSA, to put it even if you don't don't want to put it in a TFSA, if you've got room in your RRSP or you know, your lira, any one of these accounts, this is a great opportunity to put gold and silver in there. And again, we I don't know whether we've been talking that much about diamonds, natural fancy colored diamonds. To me, is the best investment. The best kept secret in 40 odd years since they've been keeping records, they've never ever dropped in price. They haven't. Some cases they haven't gone up in price, but in other cases they've doubled and tripled in price over the last 10 years, especially the Argyle pinks.
1: Yeah, and and remember that. With registered accounts, all of the product is physically allocated, segregated. Clients get serial numbers for their products and even have access to go to the vault and personally audit their holdings and hold it in their hand. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And it's quite an experience to go to the vault, hold that bar of gold, hold those bars of silver in your hand and say, wow. This is in my registered account. This is actually mine. I own it. There's no question on all of that. Let's talk about diamonds, Paul. Um, what kind of diamonds should you be looking at right now? What If someone was looking to own a diamond to protect their wealth, looking for long-term gains, let's say they have 50 to 100 to spend, what should they be looking at right now?
3: They should be looking at, if they're looking at yellows, Internally Flawless. Uh, that's all we sell. That means there is no inclusions in that diamond. Whether you can start off with a fancy diamond for around about fifteen thousand dollars, whether you get into an intense for between twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars a carat, a vivid for thirty five to forty thousand. These are U.S. prices. These are all U.S. prices. Um, that's going to keep you give you a foundation in the market if you want to get into something that's going to really go up in value you got to look at the argyle pinks
1: okay before we get to pinks let's look at yellows i anyone who you know they, they they've seen some yellow diamonds maybe they say oh yeah I've, i know a canary diamond yeah, even i see um you know advertisements for yellow diamonds out there for jewelry stores and and whatnot um Couldn't I just buy one at the jewelry store?
3: Um, You're not getting the experience, the picking, the product. Um, Jewelry stores are looking for Joe Public. Joe Public, are not educated in buying natural fancy-colored diamonds. Investors are. They do their research. They go online. They look at different products. No two diamonds are the same. For us, the most important thing are the four Cs. And when you're buying a diamond, the first in a natural fancy color diamond, the first thing you've got to look at is color. It's called a natural fancy color diamond. That's the hue of the diamond, the scintillation of the diamond, which comes from the cut. The cut is most important because that's going to give you the fire in the diamond. The carat weight, if you're buying a yellow, you want to buy a diamond that's over a carat. What would the
1: typical clarity be if if I was going to a very quickly, Paul? We've got 30 seconds. If I was going to go to a, a jewelry store and buy a yellow, what typical clarity are they? Would I find there versus uh, an internally flawless? You're going
3: to find SI1, maybe SI2, um, VS2, maybe you know available. You won't see internally flawless stones uh, in any of the stores because a they're so hard to find, so rare, and You know, that's not what jewelry stores do. Jewelry stores sell settings with the diamond in it that's what their business is they may make a couple of hundred dollars on a diamond and they're making 200 percent on the setting
1: yeah i think it's important to maybe even have a call with with you paul to discuss how what you should be looking for with a natural fancy colored diamond even if it's something that you might be thinking about buying some jewelry learn what to look for and make sure that you get the best value possible gentlemen this has been a fantastic show i think we've covered a lot today Uh, for those listeners that have missed some of it feel free to go to our youtube channel and uh, re-listen to the show or it's also on our website guildhallwealth.com and you can sign up for our newsletter there remember next week must listen show steve st angelo will be joining us and we're looking forward to talking with him and then of course the phone number one silver darren thanks so much for joining us today it's been the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto
0: the preceding was a paid commercial program Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.